Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clean. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi oh! This next one's for you too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we are going to start off our free agency preview with the Big Fish. We're going to predict where all of them are going this summer. We're also going to talk about the NBA Award Show, and we'll give a quick reaction to the Kent Bazemore-Evan Turner trade. Before we get to all of that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. It would really help us out. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. Last night at around 2 a.m., I was up and I realized, why am I up? I don't have any interest in watching the NBA award show. <laughs> uh-huh. Why am I up? This this makes no sense. So I just went to bed. You know, I also did that, but that's because my cable and internet was out all day yesterday. So I had no choice but to not watch the NBA awards show. And you can only scroll through Twitter for so long before even that becomes boring. So, yeah, I went to bed at like 10.30 last night. It's the earliest I've gone to sleep in a long time. Oh, man. So, here's here's my problem with that whole thing. Not not just, like, the spectacle of it. And honestly, I haven't watched, you know, a full show mm-hmm. uh, since it started. But, like, I don't remember the winners as well. I think that's a pretty big drawback like usually you know an award was announced they got a few days in the spotlight people would talk about it like it would get a chance to cement that award into people's minds right and now it's just like a shotgun thing oh this guy won that this guy won this okay uh bye (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah sure whatever but on the bright side international city man yeah And we we mentioned that at the end of the regular season is when we made our award picks. And we said there is a decent chance that it's a very international flavor in this year's award. It could have been even more had Sabonis won Sixth Man of the Year and Masai Ujiri won Executive of the Year. I mean, I love it. And and I'm also loving all these very dumb tweets that I'm reading over the past couple of, of, of hours. Basically saying that the media is trying to globalize things. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, right. Right. Because yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't deserve the MVP. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Luka Doncic was not the clear and runaway favorite for Rookie of the Year. Yes, right. it is 
anti-American bias that Trey Young, who had the literal worst DRPM of any player in the NBA this year, it is a crime that he is not Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Yes. And, and of course, I mean, Rudy Gobert doesn't even play defense, so... Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, honestly, I had no problems with any of the major awards except for one. Um, I think when we did our award picks back in April, we pretty much nailed all of these. So I don't have any beef with <laughs> the international flavor in this year's uh, crop of award winners. The only one I do have some questions about is his executive of the year. So John Horst of the Milwaukee Bucks won. Masai Ujiri came in fourth. That's mm. that's absurd to me. I, and I know you could say that, yeah, sure, in retrospect, they won the title. Of course he should have won. But I'm pretty sure that when we had our awards picks in April, we either had Masai first or second, but we said it was between him and John Horst. Yeah. Like, Tim Connolly of the Nuggets came in second. Lawrence Frank of the Clippers came in third. I can understand Lawrence Frank because they had a great season. They traded Tobias Harris, got a hell of a lot for him, uh, especially considering they weren't planning on re-signing him. They stole Zubac from the Lakers, which was great. They still, you know, they went 48. Well, that didn't take a whole lot of work. (laughs) Do you want him? Sure. Yeah, but still, you know, taking advantage of dumb dumb (laughs) management is still taking advantage of dumb management. Someone's got to make that call. Yeah, Um, nice save. But, they, you know, they went 48-34, and 34, stole two games off of the, the Warriors in the first round. Great season. I wouldn't put him above Masai, but fine. He, he deserved the top three spot. I agree. What did Tim Connolly do this season to deserve a second place nod? Sign Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> right? Like, that was the big move. Yeah. No, and, and I, I mean, you basically laid it out on Twitter, I feel, or, or you, and you did so with to me as well before we started recording. Like, it, it might be a good draft pick, Michael Porter Jr., right. especially at 14. Like, that might present really tremendous value from the last year. Mm-hmm. But he didn't play this year. And right. since it's an annual award, you have to take into account that actual year. Um, and, and Malik Beasley and Monte Morris both improved dramatically. For sure. But they weren't selected this year. Like right. There weren't any decision to be made from Tim Connolly's perspective this year regarding the two. Right. So, it, if anything, that's fair. he complicated Monte Morris's breakout by signing Isaiah Thomas. And it's mm-hmm. a testament to Mike Malone that he didn't go with the veteran free agent signing. He's just like, all right, I'm going to play the best player. And Monte right. Morris is clearly more impactful. You know, I gave Isaiah a try. Uh, he had like a nine-game tryout, and it was a disaster. And we're just going to go back to Monte Morris because this season yep. is too important for us to be prioritizing feelings over who's the best player. And like, just to clarify, like we're not crapping on Connolly. Like he is absolutely no. a terrific, terrific executive. Like that's right. not the point. That's the point is it's an annual award, and you have to yeah. take in the last twelve months into account. Like if, if we were going to be really harsh about it, we could even point to the Will Barden contract. Like he didn't, he didn't play as he used to play this year. Like he mm-hmm. he had a down year, yeah. and he was just given fifty two million. So, if you look at it from a very very harsh perspective, obviously that's you shouldn't because the Nuggets are great and, and Conley's done a terrific job. But over the past twelve months, it's it's been kind of meh. 
it hasn't yeah. been great, and I think it's completely fair to just put him down on the list. Yeah, right. I, I would happily take Tim Connolly in the Sixers front office. I have nothing against the guy. I think he's done a great job building that team up. But this feels like a continuity award for him. Just yeah, you know, the the sum total of the moves he's made since drafting Jokic mm. led to this season, and that's great. But he didn't make any blockbuster moves this season. Meanwhile, here's all that Masai Ujiri did since the end of the Raptors season last year. He fired Dwayne Casey, who went on to win Coach of the Year like a month later. He traded DeMar DeRozan, a franchise cornerstone, for Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Kawhi Leonard, at the time, we don't know how healthy he is. He had played Mm -hmm. nine games the previous season with this quad injury. He can leave in a year. It is a gigantic, high-risk move. He does it. At the trade deadline... He trades Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, and CJ Miles to the Memphis Grizzlies for Marc Gasol. Again, huge, you know, it took a lot of courage to make that move because once again, Marc Gasol, like Kawhi, he could opt out, could become a free agent this summer. You could be hitting detonate on your team in four months at that point. Yeah. The moves pay off and they win a title, but I don't need that. Yeah, I don't need to look back in retrospect and say Messiah deserved it. Like that was the the most bold moves any executive made in the past year were yeah. Messiah Ujiri. And for for making that kind of a gamble and that the fact it worked out is great, but I just think he positioned his team to go further than they ever had before. And it was obvious in mid April just as it is now. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just don't get it. I don't, I, so I, I hope, I mean, <laughs> the good thing for him is is that they won the title. And I guarantee you, he doesn't yeah. give a damn about not winning executive of the year because he's got a new shiny Larry O'Brien trophy to look at forever. Right. So, but not, Brian, I'm confused. Are, are, you, are you saying that there's no nuance to NBA awards? That there are no <laughs> clarification about the parameters? Well, oh, my God. Talk oh to my. Houston Rockets Twitter about that. Yeah, wow. I, I, I haven't complained about that since 2016. I, I know, I know. Well, yeah, yeah I, I will also say it's just a bad look from the Rockets. The main Twitter account, you know, the second Giannis gets announced as MVP, they go on a tweet thread about White. That That's great, but actually, James Harden was the MVP. Like, just let the guy have it. Just Houston has not had a great run recently. <laughs> no. No. No, it really, it's just gross. I mean, I get it. I, frankly, that might be the best thing. Losing MVP might be the best thing for James Harden because he just had this historic season in terms of scoring output and it still didn't translate to a championship. It didn't translate to an MVP. So maybe he realizes, hey, I can't just dribble for 20 seconds and take step back threes. Maybe I do need to incorporate more motion into the offense. Maybe I do need to involve my teammates a little bit more. Well, I mean, I think it's unfair to say that he doesn't involve his, his teammates to that sense. Like, he's a very willing passer. As soon as sure. the double comes over, he swings it. And I, I think it's more so by design. And, you know, I think he understands, and, and it's almost a problem that he understands this. He understands that every single time down the court, he's the best option. Like, and, and so from a pure analytical perspective in his mind, his idea is, well, we have a better chance at scoring the ball at a high rate and a high efficiency 
if it goes through me as opposed to Austin effing Rivers. Right, um, right. So I think he's trying to do it in a way where he maximizes the team's output, but I totally understand why that would frustrate virtually everyone out, around him. Um, but having said that, I, I think he is, you know, we all know he's a tremendous passer. He left yeah. the league in assist two years ago, yeah, three yeah. years ago, something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, two year, 2016, 17. Yeah. I mean, so, so obviously he, he's got the passing chops. It's just a matter of just adding layers into the offense, which really doesn't fall upon him. That's more of a D'Antoni issue. Right. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe Daryl Morey needs to consider that it, not everything has to be a three or a layup. You know, you saying that just made me think it's somewhat akin to mid-2000s Kobe Bryant, where he just tried to do everything himself. Mm-hmm. And because, as you said, it, much like Harden, Kobe was the best option every time down the floor. But sometimes maximizing every single trip doesn't necessarily mean you're doing the best for your team. Like, having right. to involve your teammates gets them more invested in the game as well. So I I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with the Rockets this summer. That's a a whole different conversation. And maybe that's a whole that, episode, really. Yeah. Maybe and maybe it changes in you know in a week if they somehow Daryl Morey works his magic and they get a big name free agent somehow. Yeah, but but remember there are no issues in Houston because Chris <laughs> Paul absolutely certainly has not asked for a trade. Correct. Nope. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Um, let's go into quick Evan Turner, Kent Bazemore before we get to the free agent yes. stuff. Yes, I like it from both sides. I know you love it from Portland. I uh-huh. do too. But I, I think people were way too harsh on Atlanta for this because here's the thing. Yeah, they swapped bad contracts. Right. But the reason they did was because both of them solved the need. So mm. obviously Bazemore is a better shooter. So uh-huh. he'll be getting a lot of looks in Portland next season. But in Atlanta, they needed a po- yeah, well, not a point guard, but they needed a play initiator. And actually, sure. Evan Turner is going to play backup point guard next uh, next season. Yeah. But they were a little bit short on playmaking off the bench. So this solves a need from them as well. And I think people are just, they're looking at Atlanta as this rebuilding team. And mm-hmm. they don't really consider, oh, they need this. Or maybe they could use some more of this or that. Like. Even rebuilding teams are looking in free agency or trades to fill some needs so they can get their team running on a certain level. It might not translate to wins, but that means they can you know, play around with the offense and maybe learn about their young players. Oh, if we have a secondary ball handler who can do 
X, then maybe Trey Young will respond to Y and do Z. You know, mm-hmm. there are so many layers to it. They need a playmaking. They got playmaking. I like it from both sides. Yes, yeah. See, I think the issue from the Atlanta side is just Kent Bazemore is a significantly better player than Evan Turner, I would say. Yeah, I agree. So I figured when I when they revealed the, you know, Woj tweeted it out yesterday, and you, you would think like, okay, well, maybe Atlanta's getting a future second-round pick or something. Because as, right. as you said, it's not a cap space deal. I think Turner makes 600000 or so less than... Baysmore, but it's not no neither team is saving a significant amount of money here part of me thinks it could just be also Baysmore didn't want to be part of a rebuild anymore and they were just doing him a solid and like doing right by him and they're currying favor with him and with you know future free agents which is fair i mean if that's part of the rationale that's good but mm. if, from a pure value perspective i think portland clearly got the better end of this deal yeah, no, I, I get that. I But I think even though Turner is not a guy who will put up big numbers mm-hmm. and he isn't a shooter, which in today's league just <laughs> kind of makes you irrelevant on some on some level, right. I think he's the smarter player. I think he's... Yeah, that's true. I think he's way more confident and secure with the basketball. I mm-hmm. think he's able to call out plays a lot better than base is. I, it seems to me base more is one of those players who, you know, is, is performing the best when he's not in the lead. I yeah. mean, you have someone else just taking the reins and he just feeds off of them. Turner's a guy who can actually communicate, who can call out stuff, who can come in from the second unit and actually take over as an emotional leader, as a communicator. And I think that carries a lot of value in both the locker room and on the court in terms of development. Mm-hmm. So this might have been an investment from Atlanta saying, hey, you know what? Here we bring in a guy who likes to talk positively and and can direct and can you know just delegate right this is what we need trade to learn this is what we need kevin herter to learn and De- deandre hunter and so on and so on mm-hmm. so i think there's there there are a few hidden aspects of what a player can and can't do that we as fans rarely consider and yeah, yeah. so so i, I kind of like it i understand from a value perspective that maybe a second rounder would have made more sense mm-hmm. uh to be included but Overall, I'm fine with it. I, I'm. I think. I don't think it's is that bad from Atlanta as we talked about. Um, but definitely, I mean, Portland is getting a one hell of a, a deal here, uh, just because they have the leader. Yeah, they I have mean, Ding. They have CJ. It's just the wing depth has been their issue for so long. With all due respect to Harkless and Alfarugamino, right. and now between drafting this year little at 25 last week. And getting Baysmore, I, they just addressed their biggest weakness. The free agency hasn't even started yet. Mm-hmm. And they turn. I love what they're doing. I mean, Turner is a good player, but he, his value was, as you said, he works best as a backup ball handler. His value was limited in that regard because you can put both Dame and CJ in that role. So unless you're, I mean, and if you're staggering minutes for those guys, then Turner doesn't get to operate in that role as much. Portland now has a guy in Bazemore who is a significantly better three-point shooter. He's going to have a bunch of open looks. And they just gave themselves insurance on Rodney Hood, who's probably going to leave this summer in free agency. Yeah. I love it. I I mean, I I feel like I'm low on Portland every year coming into the season. You are. This will be the first time that I'm not low on Portland. I'm, (laughs) I'm very much all aboard. Like, they're... 
They are a clear playoff team. They could fight for a top four seed. They're going to be very good this year. And while we were talking about this fantastic Evan Turner for Ken Basemore deal, Mark Stein of New York Times has tweeted, The Celtics, I'm told, are emerging as a stealth suitor for Charlotte Hornets free agent Kempa Walker. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Boston's cap room situation is a fluid one, but the Celtics, as Danny Ainge has acknowledged, are weighing their various needs as we speak in both the backcourt, with Kyrie Irving possibly Terry Rozier leaving, <laughs> and frontcourt, with Al Horford exiting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that well, is interesting, actually. Well, that's a good way to seg into our free agent predictions. And so the way we're going to do this, today we're going to give the big name guys, just because... We'll have a few days for us to change our minds, basically. And then later this week, we'll do a second episode, and we'll we'll talk about some of the the non-max caliber players who teams should still be going after. So the Dwayne Deadmans and the Pat Beverleys and the Danny Greens of the world, Nikola Mirotic, Bojan Mm. Bogdanovic, those kind of guys. We'll we'll give our, our input on where they might make sense, how much money they should expect, so on and so forth. But... The guys today, most of them, if not all of them, are going to get max contracts this summer. So, oh god, I hope not. I, I mean, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I. I majority of them are. Yep. No, I don't disagree. But there are some of these names that we're going to talk about today that really shouldn't be getting a max contract. But that, yeah, yeah, that let's is get correct. To it. That is correct. So let's start with the restricted free agents. More, Kristaps Porzingis. I think it's safe to say he's he's. Not going anywhere. He's getting a five-year max from the Mavericks, right? I wouldn't see any other way. I mean, uh, that's... So So there are a couple days until free agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything has to really muck this whole thing up, it's if a development arises in the accusation of yeah. the sexual assault case. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it's been pretty quiet in that end. And right. we don't know what's happening. It seems like everything is being handled uh, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So I we can't speculate, obviously. Right. But if the intel on that looks promising and positive, and the Mavericks deem that contract worthy for the next four or five years, mm-hmm. then yeah. Yeah. Yep, totally agree. I think what they'll do is use their cap space first, and they, they'll keep... Porzingis's cap hold on the books. I believe mm-hmm. he counts as 17.1 million, I want to say. Yeah. Which is lower than what his salary would be, which Correct. is why you wait. Yeah. yeah. His his max salary will be 27.25 million, so it's a $10 million difference. Yeah. With his cap hold on the books, they could still have I believe about 31.3 million, so not quite max room for a seven to nine years of experience guy, but not far off from that. And they could easily make it if they trade like Justin Jackson or something, they could get there. Right. Um, should, should we just, just before we go into all this, to, we just talked about cap hold. So yeah. basically should, should we just mention here at the top that the reason that one would wait is because when a cap hold is lower than what the actual salary would be, it just mm-hmm. makes sense to time it differently. Yes, correct. Yes. It, it, the same will happen with the 76ers in particular if Jimmy Butler leaves and Tobias Harris stays. Tobias yep. Harris's cap hold is 22.2 million, his max is 32.7, so it'll be the same deal. You know, they'll agree to a deal right away, but they won't make it official until 
the, the timing of it will be they'll use the rest of their cap space first then right. they will use their bird rights to re-sign that guy and exceed the salary cap to re-sign him right and the opposite is also true if you have a guy who earned a ton of money the year before and stands to make significantly less mm -hmm. the, the year following you can obviously renounce him if you don't like him but if you're very keen on having this dude stay you would probably prioritize to re-sign him first because then his cap hold gets replaced by his newer and then much lower salary, yep. which would then clear more cap space. Yep, exactly. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. This this one is less certain. I think the Bucks want to keep him, but within reason, especially given their other, you know, they have Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Nico Miritich. They have a lot of guys, a lot of balls in the air right now. Where do you think the breaking point is for the Bucks in terms of where where would they say no? I have no idea. I, I, honestly, I could come here and and come with a guess like twenty million, but I I don't know because he is such an efficient player. Mm -hmm. He is such great scorer. He can handle the ball. He can play defense. He's long, and he is entering the prime of his career right now. He's twenty six. I want to say. Yeah. So. I think he could cost a lot simply because what you're paying him for over the next four years are essentially his his primary years. Mm -hmm. So that counts, I I think, because you don't want to pay you don't want to be the team that pays him after this contract. Right, <laughs> right, right. This is the year. Like, if you are interested in Malcolm Brockton and and you think that you know you'll get great bang for your buck in his prime years, that I could totally see a team trying to max him out. Yeah, I, that wouldn't shock me whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Right, but I could see it happening. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say I would be surprised by a, a Brogdon Max, but just based on the teams with cap space and team need and everything, and the fact he's a restricted free agent, I think you know a lot of teams are reluctant to tie their cap space up for. You know, it could be up to 48 hours, and a lot of teams are reluctant to do that, especially mm -hmm. early in free agency when a lot of other pieces are in play. So you were saying Sean Marks is going to do that on <laughs> <laughs> June just, 30th at 6 p.m.? He's, he's embracing the logical extreme of small ball, and he's going to start <laughs> a lineup with nothing but 6'4 guys. <laughs> yeah. I know. I wish Sean Marks had... Well, he does have cap space, but I think they're mm -hmm. they're eyeing a few bigger fish at the moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately Brogdon does stay with the Bucks, but yeah, I mean, I really, I do think a team, especially in the East should lob a gigantic offer sheet his way just mm -hmm. to either, I mean, there's no losing here. Either you get him and as you said, you get a guy in his prime, he shot 50, 40, 90 last season. He would fit in basically anywhere yep. or, and, and if you don't, then you just drove up the price on the Bucks, and you made it harder for them to continue building around Giannis without 
dipping far into the luxury tax, which is also a gigantic win. If you're, you know, from a long-term team building perspective, you want to make life hell on the Bucks owners. So allowing them to keep Brogdon at like 10 to 12 million would be a disaster. Someone's yeah. got to throw at least 20 his way. Oh, for sure. And the Bulls are very interested in his services. Yeah. So so that yeah, of course. I mean, he he's a guard who can shoot and defend. I mean, they need two way players. Uh, yeah. You know, the national media has picked up on it. The local media has picked up on it. I've heard it privately from numerous sources as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the Bulls are legitimately interested in Malcolm Brockton. And then when they drafted Kobe White, a lot of that you know went away. But the Bulls have maintained an interest. Like yeah. Kobe White is not going to change. You know how they feel about Brockton. Right. Um, so, so I think they're sort of a dark horse candidate. Before yeah. before the draft, they were looked at as, you know, a, one of the primary candidates. And then after Kobe White, for some reason, like like Kobe White should change their minds. Okay. Right, right, right. That doesn't even make sense to me. But okay. Yeah. Like now they're not even being brought up, and I think we should definitely look at Chicago. Chicago is also in a, in a weird situation in regards to how much they can pay Procton mm-hmm. because. They have roughly twenty million, but okay. they also are applying to the league to actually get Omir Ashik's contract, uh, or at least on uh, the cap voided because yeah. of his career-ending injury. Yeah, that would add three million to their cap, mm. which means they could pay Brockton twenty-three million a year. Okay. Which you know, it's not a max offer, but right. twenty-three million beats twenty million any day of the week. Yeah, and it's not far. His max is twenty-seven point two five, so it's not. Right super far off from that yeah i mean chicago makes a lot of sense i know the sixers are interested if one of jimmy or tobias leave dallas could be really fun um put him next to luca and just go to town i could see yeah. Indi- indiana see i like indiana more than dallas because yeah. he- here's the thing with dallas right you're going to have so many touches go between chris tops and luca where i'm wondering if Brockton would just kind of be pigeonholed to being a spot-up guy. Right. Probably. Yeah. And I think if you were paying him, you know, $20 million plus, you need to get the full Malcolm Brockton experience. Yeah. That's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of <laughs> a lot of teams could use a Malcolm Brockton. So I expect him to get bid up, but ultimately I expect the Bucks to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, they're going to get Mil- Milton back for sure. Yeah. And... Why not continue with Brockton, who is like what their third or fourth leading scorer, mm-hmm. and absolutely one of their most efficient perimeter players? Yeah, I, I yeah. mean now is just not the time to go cheap because Giannis is two years away from being a restricted free agent. If yeah. you start cutting corners and cutting productive pieces because you're afraid of the luxury tax, that's going to send a very bad message. Right. To a guy Congratulations who... with the MVP, Giannis. Uh, <laughs> go say bye bye to Malcolm Brockton. Right, right. That's, that would be a very, very bad message. The, the fact that they salary-dumped Tony Snell suggests to me that they are thinking about this. So, similar well, to... Well, 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 it's Tony Snell, though. I know, but they're just, like, creating more cap room so they can retain their actual good players. Oh, okay, that's what you're saying. Yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. you were saying, like, it's it's an indicator of oh, being cheap. No, 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 no. Tony Snell... Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they, they dumped bad. Tony Snell so they can make more room for Brooke Lopez. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right, I hear you. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Snell deal, I don't think, uh, in our draft recap, but much like you were saying earlier about cap holds, Brogdon has a super cheap cap hold. 
because yeah. he was a second round pick. Middleton's as well is very cheap. I believe it's nineteen and a half million. So what the Bucks will presumably do is use their cap space first to re-sign Brooke Lopez, then go over the cap, re-sign Middleton, re-sign Brogdon, call it a day. Nico, I think, is gone. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and honestly, I've been trying to gauge Nico's trade or uh, contract value because I have some ties to his camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, some time ago I heard that there wasn't really a whole lot of buzz about him. Mm-hmm. And it's just been very, very quiet from their end, really. So mm-hmm. I think they're, I think maybe they've connected with the team, or maybe they're just trying really hard to gather offers and understand like what his situation is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree with you. I don't, I don't think he's gonna be a buck. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's it's too hard for them to keep yeah. all four. But by dumping Snell, they created more cap space for Brick Lopez, which otherwise they would have been limited to just ideally the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, but possibly even the taxpayer. So non-taxpayer is 9.25 million, taxpayer is 5.7. Either way, Lopez is getting eight-figure offers from other teams, so they had to make a little bit more room to to get a more competitive offer. So so while we're on the subject of the Bucks, and and you just brought up Nico, Mm-hmm. Like I understand, market dictates contracts, but what would you say like is Nico's uh, worth in that sense? I know that's a very difficult question because each team offers different contracts and whatnot. But like, if you had to put a number on it, I would say like low eight figures, somewhere in the mm-hmm. twelve to fifteen million dollar range would be what I would expect for him. Over the full four. Oh. Uh, like a four-year, fifty million, or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, it sounds about right. Hmm. Seems like the Knicks are an obvious candidate there. <laughs> we'll we'll get to the Knicks. Um. Let's finish with the restricted free agents. With well, for now, a restricted free agent, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D'Angelo Russell. So. Kyrie Irving's interest in the Nets is widely reported at this point. It seems like it is somewhat of a foregone conclusion, although Zach Lowe had a piece today and Dan Devine of The Ringer had a piece yesterday about the whole Kyrie or D'Angelo debate. Basically, do you prefer Kyrie? Kyrie is a much is a more talented player than D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Kyrie is also older. He'll be more expensive. His max is about $5 million more than D'Angelo. And there's the obvious chemistry concerns. Um, and if D'Angelo does not take a max deal, you know what's where's the threshold where D'Angelo at $22 million, is he more valuable than Kyrie at 32 Something like that. So if Kyrie does go to the Nets, it sounds like D'Angelo is gone. They will presumably let him become it. They'll renounce him let him become an unrestricted free agent so more what do you think happens with d'angelo russell this summer because a month ago i would not have thought him to be in play really yeah so i actually also had a call up call him up on my danish patreon uh yesterday about this um or the day before actually i am not a supporter of irving necessarily going to the nets mm-hmm. um just because of the chemistry issues. Yeah. 
uh, and and really, what what really persuaded me was the the Jackie McMullen report saying oh, yeah. that he had issues with Brad Stevens. He had issues with Danny Ainge. He had issues with virtually everyone in Boston. Mm-hmm. If you have issues with Brad Stevens, like I kind of think it's your fault. Like right. this, <laughs> everything we read and hear and 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 see from Brad Stevens is that he's such an accommodating coach who's who's very down to earth, very very like uh, likable and and organically so. Like he's not a fake guy. Mm-hmm. Like everything just he's on the up and up. And and with Kyrie always having issues with coaches and GMs and players and whatnot. Man, that that team in Brooklyn has been built up through hard work, sheer determination, chemistry, uh, cohesiveness. I just I don't want to rattle the boat while also having to shell out more money. Right. I I'm I think Irving actually ends up somewhere else, and Ooh, I think Russell goes back to Brooklyn. Wow. Okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me Danny Ainge's quote yesterday of, I think it just makes life more enjoyable when everybody is humble, hardworking, and will play any role they have to help the team succeed. You do have to have a certain amount of talent to win, as we all know, but good people make coming to work more fun. That that doesn't make the Nets want to sign Kyrie Irving? Oh, it makes him, <laughs> it makes him so appealing. <laughs> no, but I mean, look, I, I understand the whole aspect of like the, the Kyrie Durant package deal thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the Nets are looking at it like, okay, so we get a, a guy in here who's a team chemistry murderer <laughs> and we get a 31-year-old guy in who just tore his Achilles. Right. Like honestly, I think the Nets can do better. That sounds mm. incredible considering I'm talking about freaking Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Right. I, I understand that. But but why just gamble away the next four years of your future when you spend so many years coming back? And actually creating a product that's immensely enjoyable and where the, the fan base are behind them 100%. I mean, Brooklyn fans are, are terrific. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I have a feeling that right now they're just kind of swimming in this newness of, oh my God, the, the top tier players are actually interested in us. And now they're maybe coming back to, to, to earth a little bit and going, but is that smart? Should that decision be just made out of hand? Should we just kind of consider bringing back D'Angelo and, and see what we can do. And I, I'm leaning towards the latter. See, I I understand the chemistry concerns, but I think we might be overthinking this one. If you can get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and you figure it out later. I, I think the Nets have a really good supporting cast right now. Right. Their lack of star power was exposed in the playoffs. Agreed. Um, you know, Ben Simmons swallowed D'Angelo Hole in the in that first round series, and I think there's a limit. D'Angelo Russell's a really good player. He was an All Star this past season. He doesn't draw contact. He is not as athletic as Kyrie. Yeah. I think there is a limit to how far you can go with him as your number one player. I think even if, really, I mean, if they get KD and Kyrie, KD misses the whole season. You're just basically swapping out D'Angelo for Kyrie. The Nets were still the sixth seed last year. Like they could still be a playoff team, even with Kevin Durant recovering all of next season. And then come 2020, 2021, they're a title favorite in the East. Mm-hmm. So I think D'Angelo's gone. I don't know how they make it work, but I think he goes to the Suns. I just, I, 
their their series of draft night moves we talked about last episode was completely yeah. incomprehensible. They would have to dump Tyler Johnson somewhere probably or dump Josh Jackson, which I don't think they would have any issues doing on their end at least. I, I think they would be more than ready to move on from him. Right. Um, D'Angelo and Devin Booker have been friends since high school. I think there's a lot of interest there. It sounds like Minnesota is also interested in him. Not sure. Yeah, they're really interested in according to Lowe, I believe. Yeah, not sure how they get the space. Maybe they just dump Jeff Teague somewhere. Um, his market, I mean, Indiana, again, would make a lot of sense. The Lakers. <laughs> It'd be so funny if he went back to the Lakers. But he should have a big market, I think. It's just... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, He's very up in the air. But let me... Do, so we're, we're going to go into the unrestricted free agents. So just remind me to, to make a rebuttal on the Kyrie thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because I, I am not there, brother. Okay. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Well, we could start with the Nets then. All right. I appreciate it. So, so here's the thing. You said... Get those guys and figure stuff out later. Yeah. If Kyrie once again butts heads with an entire organization in Brooklyn, yeah. can we agree his trade value is going to go down and his like he is going to be considered, you know, I hate this term, but a, a locker room cancer? Yeah, probably so. Okay. So what exactly do you figure out if you're stuck with him? Well, How he's do you, still really you, talented. Yeah, but if everyone knows, look, look, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, is an MVP caliber talent. Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to disagree with you on that. Like talent wise, yeah. Irving is like at the very freaking top of the league. Mm-hmm. But you have to have the mental makeup to make your team, you know, a positive attribute going forward. If you're the leading star, but he, he wouldn't so be the leading star. Kevin Durant would be the leading star. So that's my net second point. We don't know that. We have zero idea in terms of how Durant comes back. That is yeah. a huge gamble. And he would absolutely, because of that injury, demand four years. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that he wouldn't. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, so if you lock up Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant for four years, like here's the nightmare scenario. Durant returns and is never the same player again. Right. Kyrie Irving goes on some egomaniac BS trip <laughs> yep. and like says now that the earth is a cube or whatever. Right. And like look, I'm just saying I, I can see this going really bad oh, yeah. really quickly. Yeah. And I think 
when, when we are all sitting here asking ourselves this question, are we overthinking it? No, I, I absolutely think that's the wrong question to say, because I think the Nets should absolutely be considering every single angle of this before they pull the trigger. And thankfully, Sean Marks is smart. Yep. Kenny Atkinson is smart. And I think they will bring their entire team together, lock the doors in that room, and then just go, <laughs> should we do it? Right. And then hash it out on like five or six hours straight. Right. And, and figure out what's best for him. But honestly, if I'm the Nets, as much as I would want to, like the, the idea of Irving and Durant on my team, I can just see it go bad so damn quickly. And then you're stuck for four years. Like they've just been stuck for more than four years. They, they can't afford to do that again. But so, what's the alternative? If you keep D'Angelo, uh-huh. you still have another max spot. Who do you go after? Do you go after anyone, or do you save up for 2020 when the free agent class looks terrible? No, see, that's the thing. That that's what they need to figure out. I mean, obviously, the 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 <laughs> this is not going to happen. But they should try to make a play for Kawhi. Everyone right. should. Everyone right. with money should try to right. go for Kawhi. No, he's not. But, he, but, Kawhi's staying in Toronto or going to one of the LA teams, I think. I agree with that. I agree with that, but it's worth a shot at the yeah. very least. Sure. Call okay. his agent and they'll hang up on you, but sure. Fine. <laughs> but then maybe Jimmy Butler is interesting. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is like the one guy on that big UFA's list. But if we're talking about team chemistry, how are you pitching Jimmy Butler? Because Jimmy Butler, because, yeah, I, I get what you're saying here. Jimmy Butler was awful in Minnesota. Right. And he had a few issues in Chicago. I'm not going to deny that. But right. at the same time, Chicago was, Chicago's not a great place for stars or youngsters. Let's yeah. just be honest. Yeah, it's yeah. They don't have a great culture. Uh, I mean, hashtag mutiny. That's that's just not a great organization. I, and we saw with Philadelphia that he came in and, you know, after some initial hurdles, like, really accepted this team. Like, mm-hmm. he's best buds with a beat, it seems. Like, he's responding to players who play hard and where the organization takes things seriously. Like, Minnesota waffled. Like, they didn't know what they wanted. They right. gave Carl Towns and Andrew Wiggins just free reign. Like, Jimmy didn't respect that. Yeah. In Brooklyn, there's a culture. Yeah. Like, that. it's a smart organization. They're serious about winning. They are serious about becoming a major player. Mm-hmm. I think they would have a very grown-up talk with Jimmy about, here's what you can expect. Here's what your role would be. Here's what we're going to try to accomplish. And I think Jimmy will respond to that. Whereas yeah. Kyrie, like, yeah, you can get him to buy in, but then two seconds later... He can change his damn mind because unlike Jimmy, who's very like set in his ways, Kyrie as a person is a very fluid concept. You right. don't know what you're getting. Right. Yeah. I mean, the other thing to keep in mind is if KD and Kyrie really do want to play together, yeah. the Knicks are right up the road. And if, if the Nets are in position to get those guys and turn them down and say, no, nah, we'll stick with D'Angelo and sure, we'll get Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris or whoever. Right. That could backfire in a big way if KD comes back and is anything close to his former self. Right. So my guess right now would be that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant both go to the Nets. All right. I think both of them could go to the Knicks. I, yeah, I could see it. And and I could see that going 
really badly. <laughs> I mean, I could too because it's the Knicks. Right, but I, I, look, I get what you're saying. You have to swing. Like your yeah. point is, you need to swing for something. I I don't disagree with that, but you also have to gauge whether a swing is too big. You also have to really look at a situation and ask yourself, is this gamble just too big of a gamble? Like, you don't go to Vegas with money you don't have. Would you, you go to Vegas with a budget, like the, the, uh, the money you can afford to, to miss out on. That's, well, theoretically, that's what you should do. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But, you know, you catch my drift here. Yeah, but, and th- I mean, did Masai Ujiri just do that with Kawhi? I mean, I get the Kawhi had the quad issue. Yeah, I I do, but that's not an Achilles tear. I know, but like these are the, you're not gambling on what if you have two. We don't know what Kevin Durant. Maybe he's not a top five player. Maybe he's closer to top ten or fifteen. Maybe Kyrie right now is top ten or like closer to top fifteen than top ten. If you yeah. still have two top fifteen players saying we will sign four year deals with your organization, we will give you the star power that you lack. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, if this was NBA 2K, you do that deal in a second, right? But you're right. Like, the chemistry thing really is a factor here. Right. Did you just bring up 2K? <laughs> well, <laughs> I got, no, I'm kidding. I get what, I get what you're you saying. Yeah, I mean, like, I, in, on on paper value, this mm-hmm. is a no-brainer, but you're right. There are human elements that you have to factor in here. I just right. think, like, the quality of star power we're talking about here, this is yeah. not maxing out Tobias Harris. I, I have confidence that Kevin Durant, even if he isn't the player he was before the injury, I still have confidence that that player is going to be worth a max contract. Once, once then maybe he's... that's the discussion. Maybe that's the discussion we should be having. Because when I said that, that there's a risk that Durant's never going to be the same, I wasn't talking about him being a top 10, top 15 player. Because like you just said, that's a damn good player. If you're yeah. top 10 or top 15 in the league, yeah, of course. If I had a guarantee that Kevin Durant would come back and be a top 15 player, yeah, then absolutely. Then there's no gamble about this. Then I do it. I do it immediately if I'm the Nets. Yeah. But what if he comes back, and he's Rudy Gay 2.0? Rudy Gay was if, surprisingly I, productive this past season. I will have no Rudy Gay slander. He is a. a I like Rudy Gay, but you know what I mean. He yeah, was yeah, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. What if he's instead of, of like a top five player, or, or sorry, a top ten, top fifteen player? What if he's then a top forty five player? Well, so here's the one thing working in the Nets' favor with regard right. to Durant. Martin O'Malley is the guy who did his surgery. Mm-hmm. He is the team physician for the Nets. Yeah, so he has more insight than anyone else. Correct. And yeah. he also, he's the guy who operated when uh, KD had the foot injury a couple years ago. He's the one who operated on KD's foot, too. Yeah. That obviously gives them an advantage. I yeah. don't disagree with that. But, you know, doing the surgery and seeing how responsive rehab is, those are two different things. I, yeah, my, sure. my entire point can be summed up in this. There are risks that you take and there are risks that you don't. Personally, if I'm the Nets, knowing that I went through that entire, you know, dumb trade with Boston in 2013, <laughs> how much I struggled to come back to respectability, mm-hmm. I at least have to play this cautiously. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally and, fair. And if they end up with Irving and Durant and it works out, great. But I just, I see a world wherein they get both. And it certainly does not turn up great. Yeah. Well, since we're in the Atlantic Division, more let's just go right to the Sixers guys too, because I think the Nets are frankly one of the biggest threats to steal either one of them. 
especially Tobias Harris. There's been a lot of reports. I mean, Tobias is from the area. Been a lot of reports that there is mutual interest between the two. Um, that I wrote about this at Forbes the other day, but you know the market for Tobias in particular is starting to close a little bit because Utah gets Mike Conley. Now they can't create a max slot. The Pacers get TJ Warren, who plays a similar position. They can still get a max, but it's tight, and they still have a bunch of other free agents, and they're apparently going to be going after Ricky Rubio. So it seems like they're just going to kind of divide up the rest of their cap space. I don't think they're going to go after a max guy. So the market is quickly thinning for both of them. It's basically the L.A. teams, the New, the New York teams, Sacramento and Dallas maybe. Uh, what do you see happening with the Harris and Butler? I think they stay. God, I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they stay. So, so you know, I just talked about uh, Jimmy and how he responded to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like on the surface, I think he appreciates that. I think you know the whole Minnesota ordeal and him getting away from Chicago. I think he's trying to figure out who he's going to be for the remainder of his career, and he's going to be thirty this year. So uh, I think for him, he wants some stability now, yeah. and he came on big late in the year for Philly. He wasn't great initially, but I think he had to feel his way through. Yeah. Obviously, his stat line does not reflect his quality. I mean, he his stats were a lot worse than than he is as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just knock on wood that this doesn't happen. But if Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, like all three of them, went down and missed you know considerable amount of time, you would absolutely be able to rely on Butler to average like twenty five five and five with great defense. So. Yeah. Like he is, um, in terms of talent and production, uh, just not with the Sixers, a, a superstar, quite frankly. Yeah. And his his antics in Minnesota just kind of made us all forget how good he was because oh, lol, Jimmy is is upset with Towns. Um, he, he's fantastic. He's he's absolutely fantastic. Harris, you know, all star caliber player. He really struggled at the end of that year with Philly, <clears throat> so I think he's got a chip on his shoulder for next year. Yeah, I I could totally see those two guys thing. I'm I'm getting nervous. I mean, I, I've flipped back and forth about who I'm more nervous about leaving. At first, it was during the season it was Jimmy, then it was Tobias after the season, and now I'm kind of flipping back to Jimmy just because the market for Tobias is closing off a little bit. You know, especially yeah. if the Nets get Kyrie and KD, they're out on Tobias. I don't think either one of those guys goes to the Knicks, because why would you at that point? Um, so then it's the LA teams, basically, and the Clippers very clearly did not want to max out Tobias. And I don't think he makes sense next Agreed. to LeBron and Anthony Davis either. So, you know, maybe he goes to Sacramento or Dallas, but I, I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, but, but why would you go to, like, Sacramento? If, yeah. you, if you've been with the Sixers and you can make like a deep playoff run, right? Like Dallas, exactly. Dallas is sort of understandable. Yeah, I I could see that one, but no, it just it seems like Philly is just in a position where they can make a lot of noise. Right. I think that counts for something. Yeah, and I, I mean, part of me wonders how much you know all of the leaked interest from other teams is just their agents trying to drive up a market, trying to say, <laughs> trying to take advantage of an inexperienced front office that caves very easily and you know maybe they think like oh man we're we're in danger of losing tobias we're gonna try to offer him like five years 160 but i guess we just have to give him the five years full 190 max oh well yeah it it wouldn't shock me if that's part of this so 
I do think Tobias ultimately stays. Jimmy, I'm legit torn between him staying or going to the Lakers. I think there's been a lot, you know, Arash Markazi of the Los Angeles Times last month before the Anthony Davis deal said if they give him a max, he would go there. The, the Lakers still have work to do to get a max slot. We've covered this before, but the Anthony Davis deal, they're still working to expand the parameters of it, according to Woj and Bobby Marks. And if they can find, ideally what would happen is they get the Hawks to take on Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, and uh, Jamario Jones. You partially guarantee part of that contract and then you know, throw in a second round pick or something or the Hawks throw in like, they would have to throw in a little bit of cash to make it legal. Um, but that way, the the Lakers would have room for a third max slot. They could get Jimmy in there. He makes a lot of sense there, but I mean, I do think like the the Sixers have to be looking, you know, seeing Boston fall apart. Boston's going to take a big step back. Depending where Kawhi goes, if Kawhi leaves, the Raptors very well could just start blowing it up. So really, your top competition at that point is Milwaukee and Indiana. Maybe depending on the changes they make this, you know, this mm-hmm. off season, and we'll see what happens with Depot. They said he's going to miss the first part of the year, but knock on wood, he'll be healthy and back to his old form by the time the playoffs start. The Nets will possibly be there depending on what they do. But yeah, I mean, I got to think the Sixers management right now is thinking, man, I know if we run it back, we're going to pay. And just an absurd luxury tax bill starting next season went once we give Ben Simmons a max extension as well. But, like, our window is wide open right now. We have a really, really, really good chance to make at least the Eastern Conference Finals, possibly the Finals, possibly win the whole damn thing. I mean, yeah. And obviously there are ways to get around the whole Ben Simmons thing if you move him for a a rookie contract that has more rookie years on it but mm-hmm. i mean who would that be in terms of like equal value and influence right, right. yeah it's so not happen. no 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 but i'm saying there are ways out of it if yeah. if it need yeah. to be but yeah. yeah in terms of jimmy butler and the lakers i'm fairly certain butler was one of the guys rumored to not wanting to play with lebron though yep that was so in woge's i've gone back to this many times of uh, course you have well, I had you know I've been writing these like free agent sliders for Fanside and such, and and so in Woj's piece when he first requested the trade from Minnesota last fall, there was an excerpt that said he didn't want to play second fiddle to LeBron. That has since been removed, and I don't. I think it happened pretty shortly after it first went live. But if you like Google that, you know Google that uh, article, and then like there's an excerpt from like you know silver screening roll and like LakersNation.com or whatever like i'll have this excerpt pulled out bleacher report had it too i'll have this excerpt pulled out that no longer exists so i think it's kind of i know eric pinkus of bleacher report reported last august i want to say mm-hmm. that jimmy would be open to playing with lebron but it, it's a fair point does he want to play second or even third fiddle now to LeBron and Anthony Davis, or does he see this as the opportunity to form, you know, a, a great big three that would have a real chance in the West? I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, so so that would be a, a big three, but if you stayed in Philly, it would be a big four right? in a weaker conference. I yeah. mean, to me, that just seems obvious. 
Like if you're if you're competitive and you want to win. Yeah, and the, the fact they could offer him fifty million more dollars than anyone else doesn't. Well, that hurt. doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I'm pretty much in on on both Harrison Butler staying in in, in Philadelphia. From your lips to God's ears, my friend. Yep. Yep. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm feeling great, thanks. How about you? You feeling happy? A little angry? People have so many feelings, millions of them. But what if businesses could really understand all of those feelings and then act on them to make their customers feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management and it's here. Because the future of business has feelings. And I've got a feeling we're all going to like it. Go to sap.com slash xm to learn more. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-sized prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance let's go to the big name now Kawhi Leonard it sounds like so he he turned down his player option the other day no mm. surprise there it made no sense for him to opt in even yeah, if he does a one plus news. yeah like he does a one plus one in Toronto he's still making more money than he would have his player option was 21.3 million I believe his max salary is 32.7 he's not costing himself 11 million dollars it's so no one freak out if you're a Raptors fan. You're like, oh my god, what does it mean? It's it means nothing. He he just no. It, it would have been breaking news had he not done it. <laughs> right, right. He yes, it would have been, and he would have needed to fire his agent because that would have been terrible. Right. So we've talked about it before, but I think the most realistic options are the Raptors and the Clippers. Yeah. If he stays with the Raptors, more. Do you think he's willing to take a full five-year deal, or do you think the one-plus-one makes the most sense for him? Well, I, honestly, I think the one-plus-one is just the most logical way of doing it. I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks back. You know, Gasol is getting up there. Mike Conley's uh, Kyle Lowry. Kyle, yeah, yeah. Kyle Lowry well, is getting, up, getting there. up there. technically. Yeah, but all, all, everyone is getting up there. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, those two guys are getting up there in age. So they're still productive, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't have won the, the damn championship. Right. But just giving them one more go and to see if they can squeeze out some production, like that would also give Kawhi a chance to like look at how they age and maybe you know Gasol and, and Lowry come back as terrain wrecks next year. I, I don't think so, necessarily, mm-hmm. but like that could happen. And if so, that's just easier on Kawhi and going, oh, okay, so I gave it two years in Toronto. Like I wanted to see if I could repeat uh, my teammates are virtually dust now, so I can't, which <laughs> allows me to sign elsewhere. Right. And I just, I mean, I just wrote a piece for Forbes where I, uh, you, you, you did the free agency preview as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I had the Clippers, mm. and in in six hundred and fifty or so words, I more or less just summed it up like for the Clippers, Kawhi or bust, like, <laughs> and not bust in that sense. I don't think they should go if Kawhi stays in Toronto. I don't necessarily think that they should. The Clippers should go out and spend a ton of money on 
you know, secondary guys. Right. Because that would just be ridiculous. Then they could roll it over for next year because Danilo Gallinari's contract is coming off the books next year. Yep. And then Kawhi Leonard would be available again. Correct. And also, like, if Kawhi is on the, on the you know, the free agency market next year, that class suddenly becomes a lot better. Yeah. That's very um, true. That, that's something need to, we need to consider. The quad issue that we yeah. really don't know a whole lot about. Let's be let's just be honest about that. You know, right. one thing is what's been reported, another is what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know the status about Kawhi Leonard's quad moving forward in terms of like long-term consequences or risks or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think his decision is going to based be based on like 80% of that. Yeah. On and that and as such his decision is probably going to be, rely so heavily on intel that we just do not have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe, maybe he's being told that, that quad can be a an issue that lasts for the remainder of his career. Maybe yeah. he'll never ever break seventy games played in the season again. Mm-hmm. And in that case, maybe it's time to just get bank and and like stay in Toronto and. Get as much guaranteed money as you can. I don't know. I we just we don't know. Yeah. No. I I, I totally agree. I mean that. I think the quad issue is the only reason he might consider taking a longer deal because otherwise, yes, like the, <laughs> the Raptors are old. All of them become free agents next summer. They'll have a lot of flexibility, but that only means so much. Um, but having seen, I mean, knowing that you're dealing with the quad issue already and that you had the you know, load management your way, you were through the regular season and you were still basically playing on one leg for the second half of the playoffs this year. And then, you know, watching Kevin Durant go, he had a front row seat to Kevin Durant tearing his Achilles and to yep. Clay Thompson tearing his ACL. And yes, those guys are still both going to get max contracts this summer, but, you know, it's just, it takes one freak for clay it was a dunk he just went up for a dunk and landed weird you know how many like it's one routine play kevin durant just pivoted (laughs) he didn't do anything he was just dribbling and pivoted i mean so i i think for that reason i think he wants the long-term contract this summer and that's why i think he goes to the clippers i could see that i i think with Kawhi, everything is in play in between those two i mean he could even sign with the clippers on a short-term deal as well yeah like he could do so many different things. I just think it's down to the Clippers and, and Raptors. And yep. that's that's basically all we know at this point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think the Lakers are in play for Kawhi Leonard. Sorry, Lakers fans. It's just... Yeah, yeah. I, that would surprise the hell out of me, too. If yeah. he is, though, and Ooh. if it somehow ends up like a... Then, then then we need to have a different discussion. Like, if he ends up with the, with the, with the Lakers, has that been the greatest job ever done by a completely incompetent GM. <laughs> right. Like there would just be no justice in the world if the Lakers pooped all over themselves for three years and still walked into LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard. It would just exactly. like that, be a then, hate crime. Then we should just cancel the executive of the year award. Right. <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm thinking. I wonder if the Sixers, having seen the Lakers' incompetence work out so well for them, they're like, let's try that route. <laughs> well i mean look the bulls have been ahead of you for centuries. Yeah, that's, that's true that's true um okay let's finish up today with kemba walker since yeah. you you mentioned the mark stein suite earlier uh about the celtics emerging as a potential dark horse for him 
So the the Hornets can now offer him because he made the third team All NBA. They can offer him the supermax. It's five years, two hundred and twenty one million dollars. Other teams are limited to four years, one hundred forty point six million. So this is an eighty million dollar difference. I swear, if Kemba, if you're listening, and if you sign the two hundred twenty one million dollar contract with the Hornets, just can you settle for two twenty and just give us the one, <laughs> please? Just yeah. the one, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be set for life. I think anyone who look, I I'm not gonna tell him not to take that money, right? Like if, no. if, if they offer him that, I think you almost have to take it. But I think it's it's, franchi- it's almost a quarter of a billion dollars. Yes, yeah. but I think Kemba, it's franchise listen suicide. to me. Take the money. Take the money. Don't. I mean, look, you love the Hornets. You love this. You love the city of Charlotte. They yep. love you. Yep. Go get that bank, man. You're yep. not gonna get that in Boston. No. That's just, like, don't worry about it. Go get that money. I mean, yeah, we're going to ridicule your team, not for you, but I mean, for the next many years because of the way they've structured their cap. Yep. That's not on you. You're right. nice. It's good. Go get that money. Yeah, I mean, that's franchise suicide for the Hornets if they yeah. offer him that much money. It, it is. It absolutely is. But, I mean, hey, you know what? For, for Kemba, I love Kemba. So yeah. I'm I'm willing to prioritize Kemba over the actual Hornets. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like yeah. I, it would make me very happy if he got paid that much money. That'd be awesome. Yeah. It would just yeah. be, and especially if he dropped off just you know one one million of that those yeah. to this podcast. Just, right, mm. right. Yeah, no, they they would probably when they change the supermax in the next CBA, they would call it like the Walker paradigm as to why yeah. they have to change it because they're like, no, oh, this guy. The- should the not, Kemba rule. Yeah, this guy should not have ever gotten a supermax. It's just it's it's so detrimental to team building. But right. yeah, I I think that's the question. First is do the Hornets offer the supermax? And I, especially after Kemba came out and said, yeah, sure, why why not? I would take less to stay here. That makes me think they probably don't, or at I least mean, not at first. No. So so we we agree. That just because you can offer two hundred twenty-one million, mm-hmm. and there's an eighty million difference, you you don't necessarily have to go from you know below eighty below eighty million and then up to two twenty-one. Like you, you can offer them two hundred straight. Yeah, or even just yeah. do the the normal five year one eighty-nine point seven. That exactly. Yeah. But like you can find a you can find a figure in between those two. Yes. Yes, exactly. So maybe you just give him a clean five year two hundred. Yeah, and that's like, again, that's not gonna make a big dent. I get right. it, but right. like, eh, it's twenty one million off. Yeah, I mean, at that point, every because the the problem with the Hornets is they just don't have. If you're committing that kind of money to a guy, ideally, you have the core to build around him already, and so you know you have a nice young cheap core who, fine, like you're you're set already. But they don't have that. They have. Are you saying Michael Kidd Gilchrist isn't absolutely fantastic? <laughs> I, I'm saying they have three expirings in MKG, Marvin Williams, and Bismack Biombo that all come off the books after this year. This is going to be Bismack's year, though. <laughs> which, in theory, gives them some flexibility. But if they supermax Kemba, he'll. I think he would earn $41 million already in 2020. Batum mm-hmm. has a twenty-seven million dollar player option that he was. There is no way he will decline. So that's seventy million. 
Cody Zeller's at 15.4 in 2020. That's 85 million. You still got cheap team options on Malik Bunk, uh, Miles Bridges, and then PJ Washington, who they picked this year. Mm-hmm. There goes your cap space, basically. You'll have a little bit of room to work with, but there's still going to be miles away. I mean, they're, with Kemba on that kind of a contract, they're never going to make it past. Maybe, just by a sheer miracle, they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals one year. But they will never be championship contenders. They will probably just be around 500 first-round playoff knockout fodder for the length of that contract, which if they're cool with that, that's fine. I'm not I'm not going to make fun of them. It's just they know what they're signing up for. If the Hornets make the Eastern Conference Finals, that's that contract is a win. Yeah. Like I don't everything think, is a win. I don't but, think but, they will, but maybe. No. <laughs> that was kind of my point there. Yeah. 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 Um, since I, think, I think they just have us all fooled. Like they've they've gone out and spent all these money on on subpar players, and then this year starts, and they're suddenly not so subpar. They've just been biding their time. <laughs> like, I'm on to you, Nicholas Batum, for averaging nine points this season. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I I don't believe that stat is correct. Right. I think you're on. I think you're just trying to fool us. Just slow rolling until yeah, oh, they're going to win sixty five games absolutely. this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, but it, it's it's a problem, and I, I think when they re-signed Batum, like obviously when it happened, you know that there there was discussions about you know is is this a bad deal, and most were like yeah it's it's a bad deal, but it wasn't universally hated like it is now. Yeah, and and I think they because he just had such a drastic decline, right? And like what what is he thirty? He's really young. Yeah. Well, the the problem with that was the tw- summer of 2016, was it not? I believe it was. Yes. The problem, much as it was for pretty much every contract that summer, wasn't necessarily the total value of it. It was the number of years. Like yeah. if you gave him four years, 125 million. At least he's off your books after this year. Yeah. Or, you know, it was five years, 120. Yeah. That's gross. It's the five years that killed you. Yeah. And, yep. and and I know they thought they were locking into a discount at the time, but it, I mean, it, 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 this is really the last summer, I guess next summer with the five year deals coming off the books, but this is the last summer where the big mistakes of 2016 will be affecting teams. And we just saw two of them in Bazemore and Turner get traded mm. for each other uh, yep. yesterday. But yeah, it's, I mean, I, I think that's really the big story of this summer is did teams learn from that? Did they know? And, you know, we'll talk about the Knicks probably next time at this point. Yeah. If the Knicks strike out, did they learn from the, the teams in 2016? Or are they going to give four-year deals to... You know the, that second and third tier of right. free agents. Well, let's hope not. But but he, just to wrap up your thoughts on 2016 for for the Hornets, it wasn't just Nick Batum. Right. It, it, uh, obviously, he was signed by Orlando back then. But Bismack Biombo is his yep. 2016 contract. Yep. Marvin Williams was his 2016 contract. <laughs> Cody Seller was a 2016 contract. Man. They splurged at the wrong time. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, Bismack was traded for, so that's a different uh, yeah, situation. Yeah. I think that, to, to put it back on the Knicks, I mean, I think they are smarter at this point. I think 2016 just had such a ripple effect on the league right? that everyone is talking about it. 
Like yeah. it's not something they talk about publicly because you know I've done several I've written several articles about the 2016 summer, and like just scaled it back and and kind of looked at it. Very very few GMs speak openly about 2016. It's almost like it's a black mark on the league. Yeah, I mean it because was. It, yeah yeah yeah. But like it's I think it's something that's like maybe in 10 years time. That's something like people open up about oh, yeah. because a lot of these guys are still on the books. So I <laughs> right, think, like, right, right. You can talk about it, but yeah. I mean, I would love to get a GM on this podcast at some point again <laughs> and just talk about like the 2016 summer. Hey, Mitch, what were you thinking when you offered yeah. Luol Deng and Timofey Mozgov 136 million dollars on the first day of free agency? Who, who's now, summer? you know, the GM of the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So if anything, I would hope he learned the lesson. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I, I do like the idea of Kemba in Boston though. He'd be a nice fit there. And they, they it, it would be can. interesting as well because like we just talked about all the chemistry issues with Kyrie. Yeah. Could you imagine Kemba coming in and just being like the emotional leader and just right. like the perfect locker room guy and the and the Celtics are just like championship favorites by March. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would just put it into such tremendous contrast. <laughs> Meanwhile the Nets fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be back later this week. We'll talk about the top free agents who we didn't hit on today, namely Al Horford, Nick Vucevic, a bunch of other the Boyan Bogdanovich. We talked a little Nitko, but we'll go more into them. So stay tuned. We'll otherwise be on the lookout for any major free agent rumors or, God forbid, another blockbuster trade this week. But yeah, uh, follow us on the NBA tw- or at the NBA Pod on Twitter. We'll have all of our episodes posted there. It's going to be a busy couple weeks for us. You can also find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are hosted. Um, put on iTunes, please subscribe download leave some five-star reviews and really help us out and we're now being hosted on spreaker so check them out on twitter at spreaker until next time i'm brian Zaporik, and i was joined as always by morton jensen have a good one mort you too brian you know what i'm actually going back on the whole you know just give us one million dollars kemba i think the NBA should just give us like the league minimum like the rookie <laughs> minimum yeah. just for one year yep. it's fine i'll settle you'll settle That's for okay. eight hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars. yeah yeah. How charitable. How charitable. <laughs> Take care, man. You too. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.